0: Welcome to abnormal mapping episode 14 uh this is a cool soggy episode but we're numbering them all as the one same thing all that means there's no game club we're just here to talk about video games with me i have my co-host matthew marco hello hi and special guest honorary third chair destiny Servant. i'm the brecken hello <laughs> <laughs> damn it You broke it. He broke me. (laughs) And I'm the (laughs) Brecken. Everyone. uh, The Brecken is an important role in any podcast material.
1: I agree. Congrats, Destiny. Fuck Destiny.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thank you,
1: and thank you.
0: So, this is uh, the Kulsoge cast for the start of September, I guess. We're recording this at the end of August. It's Kulsoge
1: 3, Jackson. Th- By yeah. the old numbering system, as a traditionalist, I've a staunch traditionalist,
0: that. I've been ignoring that. I've I been ignoring your mistakes. Of course, you will. You, you. <laughs> it matters. It's important.
1: let's.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what's everyone? What's going on? What's What's happening? What's the What's the, the podcast catch up segment intro? Well,
1: we uh we put up our schedule for the rest of the year. We did do that. And, uh, we did a video page that I'm proud of because we both wrote nonsense about our (laughs) videos.
0: Uh, I left that, my description of Read for Speed for you to find.
1: Oh, I did. It was delightful. (laughs) It's pretty good. I was pleased as punch. (laughs) Um, and we're going to be adding to our reading list. So I wanted, I said we would talk about whatever we add on cast. So this is when we're going to do that. Yeah. Um, in the podcast realm, I want to add Watch Out for Fireballs, which is a game club that's way more serious about its game club than we are in that they play through a game every two weeks and, uh, cast about it. And, uh, they're great. If you want to have another game club in your life, they're, they're highly recommended by me. They play old games almost exclusively, but, uh, it's good. They do, but their
0: definition of old games is lax.
1: Like last, they, like, older than 10 years, they kind of do some new ones because they did a Kickstarter and they're, like, audience requested.
0: Oh, is that how, like, Bioshock got in? Yes. Okay. Oh, man, I guess X-Men Legends 2 is a decade old.
1: In fact, they label those X- episodes, like, not in the feed, but they talk about them as watch out for lens flares instead of fireballs, because they're ha! Their modern game episodes. Ha!
2: That's funny. That's
1: pretty good. Even though I'm pretty sure Bioshock doesn't have lens flares because it's too dark and spooky.
0: It has a couple as you're going down in that elevator, I think.
1: Okay. I could see that, sure.
0: I don't remember. I don't, I don't know if the engine's good enough for that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I've added, um, a zine edited by uh, Zoya Street and someone else. I can't remember. Sorry, this is, uh, this is this is poor show. But it's a really good zine, just check it out. It's called Memory Insufficient. Just a bunch of articles and stuff. This one, uh, they themed around food. Uh, there's, there's a cool article about soup and games in there. It makes way more sense when you read it, because it sounds like ridiculousness, and it is, but it's it's a good fun zine, You should check that out.
1: You read I an episode seen... of that, Destiny, right?
2: Yeah, I read the gender and sexuality issue after you tweeted about it, because I didn't feel right starting with the most recent, so I just kind of went back a little, and I really liked it. Yeah. I thought... The the contributions were on point. Yep. It's uh, good. It's, it's I haven't good read it yet,
1: but I mean to. I finally got around to watching my first Errant Signal the other day. Which one? On Doom. That's a pretty good one. It made me want to go load up Doom again, which I've been do- thinking about for the past two weeks, actually. So. We
0: both want to play Doom 2 and Doom 3 at some point, so yes. yeah. Now, what is Errant Signal? It's a video series. Um, it's just es- video essays about games. They're pretty good.
2: Cool. Okay. Awesome. The it's Doom... the kind of stuff that I
0: would want to do. That kind of stuff.
1: The Doom one was really good. It was just Doom about one of why Doom ones. is like at this point, this really boutique like very personal game, even though it's Doom.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's a good thing. It talks about like how Doom is the most what kids who totally bought into the ridiculousness of 1990s metal culture thought 1990s metal culture was. It's pretty good.
1: But also, okay. Doom is, like, the biggest game that is ana- analogous to modern indie games.
0: Yes. Yeah, because t- t- like that's, like, 12 people, wasn't it, or less than that? At
1: the most. Like, at, actually, it was, like, five people, but yeah. they had, like, help and stuff.
0: They did. They did. Um, Doom. Maybe you've heard of it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> go, go listen to Abnormal Mapping 5.
0: Dwayne Johnson's wig!
1: Yes. <laughs> the best title,
0: never to be beaten
1: That's true I, I've i uh, peaked early Because that was the first one I think <laughs> I gave a dumb title to no, I, you... I went back and retroactively added episodes 1 through 4 Did you?
0: Yeah Jane <laughs> Johnson's wig is too perfect
1: Yeah It's
0: too good a moment Wasn't he playing John Carmack? No, Romero Romero's
1: Romero. Romero's Sorry,
0: I'm too
2: young, I'm as old as Doom
1: John Carmack's got <laughs> rocket engines
2: <laughs> is is that your excuse when you make mistakes? I'm as old as Doom.
0: <laughs> no, actually. Have to pardon me. You have to pardon me. I'm only a year older than Doom. It's been a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> w- wipes her, uh, wipes sweater forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pardon me. When I was born, meatloafs, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. Was number one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact about me i will not allow you guys to derail this about music
2: but, why but
0: because he...
1: i am the least musically invested person on the planet so
2: what do you think meatloaf wouldn't do you know
1: in <sighs> the song? what is because what is
2: the that yeah i always
0: he thought must it was explain it gross. in the
1: song does he explain it in the song Oh, no. do you not ac- do you not have you never actually heard the song Fuck Jackson?
0: No. Oh. I've heard the it's a bad song. I've heard enough of
1: it to know ah, oh, this is a bad song. Oh, it's all right. It, it I know to your love tolerance it. for meatloaf. I think he's fine. The I video is
2: very it. Beauty and the Beast inspired, so I can't dissociate the video from the song. Yeah, so me as a either. kid, I thought the video was gorgeous and mysterious. Just a
1: lot of <laughs> ruffled shirts and castles.
2: Wind? Yeah. Curtains? What
0: what is the that though? D- does he not Who say it in the song? No. He doesn't really say. I've gone to the Wikipedia page and one of the sections is <laughs> perceived ambiguity of in quotation marks that. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always held <told> that <laughs> that is anal.
2: Ditto. I did. Not as a child, but like as a teen I was like, "Oh, it's probably butt stuff."
1: <laughs> is
0: is is that the problem? Me, Meatloaf Meat believes the lyrics were unambiguous. Meatloaf doesn't
1: seem like a butt stuff kind of guy.
0: Probably not. I will read this wikipedia page later. I can't interrupt this podcast to, to find out what Meatloaf won't do for love. That
1: that seems to.
2: He won't do that. He won't do that. I, he won't do that, but he will do anything else. Anything else. He's a he's a great partner.
0: But except in the one way he needs to be. this is the tragedy of meatloaf it is it's really sad it's really sad he's actually this really tolerant and accepting human being but there's one he has one weakness and his love has found it
1: i mean that's that's the great tragic journey right like of course that's how it goes down that's what drama's all built on
0: it's It's true true. the classical greek tragedy of the ancient hero (laughs) meatloaf
1: Can we get back on track now? <laughs> Who's played a video game? Um, oh, I wanted to tease if, uh, us talking about nonsense for an hour and a half is not your thing. <coughs> Power through. Cause at the end we have a very special announcement about a project that we're doing in the next two months. That's very exciting. It is. That's, that's a, that's a plug for the last 20 minutes of this episode. He's gonna tell you to write a review us on iTunes. I mean, I'm also going to do that, <laughs> but I have actual goods to give. This is not totally a bait and switch.
0: It's true. He does have. He does Just have. Just partially things. a bait and switch. Exactly.
2: Little baiting, little switching, little loving, little
0: of that. If I was, <laughs> if I was
1: really in, like, on top of being a producer of this podcast, I would drop in a timestamp. But I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, then they don't have to listen through.
1: Please go to. No, it's not going to be 97.46 If you go
2: to 97.46, I promise you we are still going to be talking about that (laughs) Mewove song.
0: Refer to the previous question. Who's played a video game? Because if we haven't, then we fucked up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've played a few. I've played a few. Matt's played a few.
1: Jackson, you've not. Yes, you have. You've been playing video games. Played played video video
2: games. games.
1: So let's get the disagreement out. Not a disagreement. I want to know what you think (gasps) about uh, I'm Fine. I'm Fine.
0: By Rakashi.
1: What's his last name? Edwards? Is it? Rakashi Edwards, yeah. Yes.
0: I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the issue with it was the ending and the way it, spoilers, Brian, fine. It's, um, what it is, is a, like, 10 minute long first chapter of, uh, this interactive story. It started as a Twine game and has been ported to, I don't know what engine it's running on, but it's, it's the same mechanic. So it's just got music and some images now. Uh, and it's the story of, an unnamed main character it's fairly autobiographical i feel right yeah yeah uh and it's this just depressed guy and going through a a kind of average week not nothing of note really happens which i think is it's
1: my problem with it well there's it's twofold a i feel like his hostility towards the people in his life is not explained or justified at all I think it totally is. It, I Like, maybe I missed something, but the way that he reacts to people seems way out of proportion with, like, their seemingly earnest, like, expressions of, like, worry.
0: Oh, no, I got that. That's a depression thing. That's very much uh internal...
1: Yeah, that, and that I, I admit, I'm speaking as someone who has never been, like, actually clinically depressed, so...
0: It, it doesn't attempt to explain mechanically or through its writing why his headspace is the way it is. It just presents it as accepted.
1: Yeah, and I didn't know, like, if he was implying that those friends had, like, fucked him over no. at some point, or... Well,
0: no, they, had, they haven't fixed him. Okay. They, they, he, they have been supporting him and doing these earnest things, and none of them have made him better for
1: an untold number of years, and that this is the result of that. that, that, I, that... I guess I'm just not okay with that as, like, a protagonist's headspace like like i understand it but i find it really off-putting and don't want to be there no well you're not i know i know i think
0: the issue uh, the the reason your complaint kind of holds water is because the ending tries to go for this kind of upbeat tone that feels kind of unearned mm-hmm. like, i wonder it, if that
1: i wonder if that beat will be removed when the second chapter appears
0: uh probably because um it's the cycle the whole mm-hmm. thing is it's the cycle of you feel a bit better, you feel a bit worse, and none of it really means anything. But that's how you get through the next week and the next week, right? Yeah. Um, but it chooses to just end on him, on this moment of hope mm-hmm. that doesn't feel earned by the stuff before. Like if it had actually been slightly downer and more self-aware about the fact that um, uh, you know, that he's in this awful place and has this awful headspace, it would have just ended as just a ma- way more matter-of-fact, le- less archy thing. Mm-hmm. But it tries to make it into an arc, make it into a story when it could just be the slice of life. And I think turning it into that arc uh, lends some extra sympathy for the character that's unearned. And I, d- I don't think that's um, too big a problem. I think it's more of a uh, trying to create a story where you don't need one, you just need to spend time with this person.
1: More structurally, uh, my other problem, I think it's why I felt so disengage from this character and their narrative is I think that there's a maybe not an onus but a certain uh like the fact of making a twine game especially a longer narrative game and including options for the player to click through I feel like implies more of a space to work in than that game actually presents because as far as I can tell it is the most linear like it is just a story did you get the
0: story about his high school
1: no i don't think i did
0: okay you can totally get that that's there are bits you can explore to get more information
1: it just it just felt really limited in that they uh like there's not like it doesn't present you with many choices at all but not in the way like the depression quest does where it takes away choices and like clearly elaborates that there could be other choices there
0: I kind of don't like that part of Depression Quest. Oh, really? really, I think it's good. I think it's really an easy, simple way to communicate depression to people without depression. Sure. But as someone who like has dealt with that stuff, it feels so reductive and simplistic.
1: Mm. Uh, I mean, Depression Quest is an advocacy game first.
0: Yes, I I feel Depression Quest is like a teaching tool about depression rather than a coping or, like, an expression of... Like, it is those things, but the thing it does best and first is, here is what depression
1: is. I guess my thing is, I feel like there's a responsibility in a Twine game to make the choices that you do present matter, and I don't think that game does it at all. Why? Because it's the one act of interaction, and I don't think the game, like puts any weight in the act of making those like even clicking through like it doesn't even have to be like a major choice but the things that it chooses you to click through to get to the next passage seem more framed around how much text can we fit on a screen than this yeah. is the thing we should click to make an impactful statement.
0: I I mean, I agree. I think at the start, there's some moments, like, because you can either get off or you can go to the...
1: Yeah, I think it starts strong, but I think once it gets into, it's, like, more complicated, like, characters interacting in big passages of text, I think it loses a lot of what makes a Twine game good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I do agree. It becomes just...
1: It's just weird. a narrative at that point, yeah, which is fine, narrative. but then maybe just present it as such.
0: Yeah, well, I think the strength of it is the early parts where it's just getting in...
1: Yeah, because then it would be, like, make a visual novel where you're just clicking next, don't make... Because I feel like the implication of adding the hyperlink on specific words that Twine does, especially when it's buried in paragraphs, like you click on this phrase or you click on this thing, implies a certain weight to those things that the actual narrative doesn't support.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm interested... I'd see chapter two. I want to see where that game goes. Okay.
1: Yeah, I am too. Uh, and I see that, like, there are th- things I really like about that game, and obviously as such a personal thing, it's, it's hard to apply a lot of, like, m- game value judgments to it.
0: I, I just, I just don't understand, like, why, I, I still don't understand why you feel the protagonist's headspace is a, cause it's explicitly a game about depression. Yeah. And I, having a negative, uh, i don't know just mind. something
1: about it really put me off and not in like uh, i understand that i'm supposed to be put off way and i'm but not engaging did, with this way how did
0: you react to uh, actual sunlight because i found stuff in actual sunlight was actually way more antagonistic
1: um i felt like because the the format of actual sunlight is much more uh removed and there isn't as much internal headspace uh it yeah. was easier to under like engage with and fill in the gaps. The problem with I'm fine is that so much of that game is an internal narration that I don't think is internally consistent. Like he yeah. will say things and then do other things that don't jive with that. And I understand that that's part of like the mental cycle that he's going through, but yeah. I found it really frustrating.
3: Yeah,
0: it's it's complicated because it's gonna be frustrating and not make sense. But then also like that's accurate, but it's mm-hmm. also a
1: but it's, when you a, when you ask people to, like, engage and empathize with that, like, it's hard when the thing you're making is automatically off-putting by its right nature.
0: I think that's the point. I don't know. I think that's the intent of the game.
1: Oh, sure. I, I don't disagree, necessarily. Because that's
0: why the is angry at everyone for everything, right? Because mm-hmm. the people can't empathize with him.
1: Yeah. At, or and, he perceives that they can't empathize with him. Or they, tr-
0: they try to and it doesn't... How, how do you explain? It's like...
1: I mean there are people who keep trying But he also keeps pushing everybody away
0: Yeah it's it, like They don't properly understand His thing or how best to deal with him And he's just bitter that He has to put un, He has to put respecting people's inability To understand him over his own well-being mm-hmm. And that contradiction Has basically broken him down over years And that's also The central issue with the game
1: Okay I, I don't disagree. I just, like, you engaged with it and I didn't, is where this discussion comes from. I just yeah, wanted pretty, to feel out much. why that was. And I think you've nailed it, more or less.
0: Yeah, no, because it's, I mean, it's hard. I don't really mm-hmm. want to get too much into that again now. We'll probably talk about it afterwards, because it's a, there's a, a lot to talk about that. And I think exploring that kind of stuff in games is really interesting. You can trip up a bunch. And I'm mm-hmm. glad it exists. I don't hate it.
1: Oh, I don't, I didn't hate it. I just yeah. was kind of, uh, Hold on, it, and I thought that was kind of weird.
0: I I think it works way better as the setup to a larger thing than mm. as a single story because it's sure. just yeah. But okay, on a completely different note, Destiny. What have you been playing?
2: I played a ton, and I mean a ton of the 3DS game Harvest Moon: A New Beginning. <laughs> to completely switch gears, <laughs> this game is about a farmer. Was no angst, and uh, <laughs> is he is he not a sad dad? <laughs> I <laughs> nope, mean, I, I remember
1: yet. your struggles with acquiring a chicken coop or whatever. That seems angsty <laughs> to me. Did you did you acquire the chicken coop?
2: Finally, yes. I have a chicken coop. I have two barns. Uh, oh wow! One of them is empty though, so I guess that's a little sad. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm engaged, but I can't get married officially until um, the double bed has been built, and that's been a struggle. That has been a struggle. Uh, Yes. You already Um, bought the
1: blue feather, though, right?
2: Yes, I have the blue feather. I have no money now because uh, I bought this blue feather so I could uh, properly marry my um, (laughs) fiancé.
0: Is this this, uh, commentary on how ridiculously dumb marriage rituals are? This yes, is- I think so.
2: <laughs> it's the most expensive thing in the game so far. Like <laughs> as far as like items in the store, it is the most expensive thing. It is a hundred thousand kill or whatever. And you have to build you have to upgrade your house and you have to upgrade your bed in order to uh get the girl to move in. And before you buy the blue feather, you have to buy some sort of weird commitment ring to even date the girl, which is also very expensive. So, oh, and, and by the way, you can pick your gender in the game. So, depending on gender, uh, you get, uh, different choices for, like, uh, hetero pair-ups. So, like, if you pick a lady, there's gonna be six bachelors for you to choose from. And they range from, like, misogynistic, uh, hairdresser to, like, um, really adorable foreign dignitary and his, uh, weird uh assistant and then there's also like the guy that runs the pet store the guy that um i'm trying to think of some of the other guys i ended up picking the boy because i always i don't know in those kinds of games with dating sims i always think the women are more interesting uh so the uh, the guy farmer his uh six options range there's a there's a princess witch that's really hard to get to move in, Uh, so of course I didn't woo her. I'm engaged to Aroha, the blacksmith. She's very traditionalist, and um, a lot of our dating cutscenes had to do with her trying to prove to her dad that she could make it on her own as a blacksmith, because <laughs> she comes from a long line of male blacksmiths, and she's, like, blazing a trail, and you're kind of supporting her while she fights with her dad. And you get closer with each supportive statement. You give her gifts every day, and you're also emotionally supportive, which I found kind of cute. Uh, because I feel like, uh, usually in those games it's like, give a gift, give a gift, give a gift. Now we're married. And in this game it's like, give a gift, give a gift, gift, give a gift, and also, uh, be supportive and say supportive things. Um, who else can you marry? Do There's you a, Do you actually a-
1: farm? In yeah,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. My day is packed. I wake up at six AM. I tend to my three cows, my yak, my alpaca, and my sheep, and my five chickens.
1: What do you um, what do you produce in a farm with yaks and alpacas?
2: Well, the alpaca gives me wool and the yak gives me milk. The cows give me milk, the ch- uh chickens give me eggs, and the sheep gives me wool. And does then the I does the game crops.
1: differentiate between yak's milk and cow's milk? Yes. Okay. You can
2: make yak Cheese and yak yogurt and cow's yogurt. you thing. actually have
1: the facilities to produce your own yogurt? I feel like that's way more complicated than milk.
2: Well, there's this shed that you build eventually Just called the Maker Shed, and you put the milk in a thing and it produces, oh, uh, you like mean, mayonnaise. You
1: and... mean your shed full of, like, germs so you can make <laughs> yogurt?
2: <laughs> well, they're, like, little machines, so you you put the produce. Like, I also pr- uh, produce crops, so, like, I can make herb milk and, uh, jams different jams i have fruit trees that i grow
1: i feel like Um, this is the least efficient farm on earth if you're this generalized
2: (laughs) i also have um bees i harvest honey which i had never done in a harvest moon game um i can turn the wool into fabric i can grow cotton i can grow herbs i can grow different crops depending on the seasons i can grow flowers which i also uh thought was strange um let's see what else can you
1: mine is mining in this game
2: Yes, there is mining. Um, that's where you get a lot of the materials to build, um, different buildings around town. Cause not only am I the farmer, I'm also in charge of, like, growing the town and getting people to move there. So I built, I built the hairdressing salon. I built the weird inn that brings characters. I built the restaurant that the chef works at and one of the potential brides. Um,
1: I don't want to sound Love super it. ignorant, but is there an actual like overarching <laughs> story to these games? Uh, I've never yeah, actually played you, Harvest Moon.
2: Well, in this specific Harvest Moon A New Beginning that I'm playing, you move to this town to pretty much work at this farm that your grandfather or father left you, which is also the plot of most of the games that I've played. It's in some way, vague way, you inherit this farm. And essentially, the goal of every Harvest Moon game is to build up your farm, make a lot of money, and marry someone. And have a kid. And that's like the plot. So every day you're just growing crops. And taking care of animals. And r- running around this town. Getting to know the people of the town. Getting them to like you. And trust you. So you guys can have festivals and contests. And you just kind of go through a year in the life of this farmer. Or or more than a year in life. Uh, it's kind of an open-ended game. But the goals are like. You know. Build up your farm learn to love the town you're in and fall in love. Okay. A new beginning specifically, you're just you're also developing the town. There's some weird uh, they made this game before, uh, Animal Crossing A New Leaf, but there's a lot of like build this thing because people want it, kind of goals that you get, town restoration goals that you get every few seasons, so it's a lot. It's a lot of gameplay. (laughs) <laughs> you both seem overcome. <laughs> is it just is Harvest Moon secretly just an angry takedown of
0: capitalist life? I I. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I mean a little bit, but I I also consider it like this weird Zen treatise on like work and living, um, because you're you're doing these repetitive actions every day. You get up at the same time every day. You tend to your animals in the same way every day. You water your crops the same way every day. And then you just you wander around town. You forage. You get items. You cook food. You eat food to survive. Um, and you build relationships. So it's like this weird existence simulator.
1: So what you're saying is it would just make me super anxious. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: that's, that's what I'm
0: getting. I'm getting. It's
2: literally impossible to play this game well without a guide. Uh, because there's little tricks that you don't really know going in. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of tutorial. That's the one thing I did not like about this game when it starts. It takes you your first spring. You're just going through tutorials. Um, and that takes forever and it's kind of a, off-putting thing but yeah i I, there's a lot of little things to micromanage and remember to do like if you forget to do one little thing it can completely ruin everything
1: you killed your cow
2: no i yeah i've never killed an animal in a harvest moon game my game my animals always die of old age one of my favorite harvest moon games is called um wonderful life i think that's
1: most people who played them's favorite harvest moon game
2: yeah and that game uh the only animal I ever had that died, I played this on PS2, the the goat, my goat died of old age.
1: Pour one out for the goat. Yeah. Did, was there a funeral for the goat? Was... No,
2: it's the guy, I can't remember his name, but the old man that like helps you with your uh crop growing, like comes to you and he's like, goat passion away. And then they like.
3: No, don't I don't think goat.
2: <laughs> I don't think they show the goat, but they like show this sad scene of you like reacting, and he like gets in his wagon and takes the goat's body away. Oh you die God. in that.
1: <laughs> don't you, you die in that game at the end?
2: You do die in that game, and you go to what? heaven. What? Oh, see the whole game. Okay, you get married. <laughs> and, <on>. and you... <laughs> what is this? it's Beautiful. What is this? No, it's beautiful. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. A spoiler <laughs> you alert for Harvest Been a Wonderful Life. Okay. You build up this farm and you get married and you have a kid and depending on how you treat your kid and what kind of toys you show them and stuff and the kind of how you interact with them, you can pick what career they pick in life. And the secret goal, even though they make it kind of like, oh, they can be a range of things, really you want them to take over your farm, so you're pushing for them to be a farmer. Uh, and your kid has this weird teen angst about it where it's like, dad, I just, I don't know dad. And then eventually your your son becomes a man and you can only have a son because you can only be a male in that game. Uh, and when your son gets, <laughs> when your son grows up, you, you, oh, by the way, you're this cute little anime farmer and you slowly age like your hair turns gray. And I'm pretty sure you get a little mustache, but maybe that's just my eyes playing. Oh, playing. you
0: must do there's no way you don't
2: <laughs> and then and then you you die and then you go to the heaven mode of the H- game how does it represent heaven does it get rid of all external pressures <laughs>
0: no Is it it's just, just th- the
2: same game you just you're, you're dead but you're still doing this yeah but you must have no demands
0: you must have no demands it must be like you don't need to pay off anything
2: that you've you've done everything You've done everything. Now your reward is this empty grind. (laughs) Well, you're, you're working on your hybrid crops. You're, you're still interacting with all your friends. It's weird. It's super weird. But yeah, it's, uh, the death scene in that game is pretty great because everyone in town is like talking about you and, uh, your poor wife wakes up and she's found that you've gone and, you see your kid taking over. It's really effective. I remember being quite emotional when my farmer died. What is this? I I don't know if a new beginning ends that way, but I'm going to keep playing to find out. If it doesn't,
0: I think we can all be very disappointed.
1: <laughs> um, when we talk about existential simulations, I've been playing a lot of on, which is uh, the most of that, in the opposite way to Harvest Moon. <laughs> In that yeah. there is nothing to do in Eidolon other than walk and reflect.
0: Oh, it's a walking simulator.
1: It is very much a walking simulator. I've, uh, jokingly referred to it as if Proteus went and infected a DayZ-style game. Uh, yep. Just took out all enemies. But you still have to, like, get food and not freeze to death. But those are pretty easy, actually. You just
0: click on the mushrooms, and then you eat the mushrooms.
1: Or you can cook fish. That's the best way to eat, I feel like. Uh, yeah. But, uh... And then you walk around, and your map will point you at, like, basically, uh like, diary entries of people who used to be in this wilderness. And you read about their lives and maybe what happened to make them all go away. Because the world you're in is completely empty. Other than, I started seeing some animals. Rarely. It, I found some it, foxes. Was, I, got, I got attacked wh- by a wolf. Was there a war? Um... No, there's one thing that implies that there was this weird drug that drove a bunch of people crazy. <laughs> is it secretly a zombie game? No, but you, there's I, something else. There's something else that it's either about like mutants or aliens came to the planet. What? And uh, like, there's some implication that like people got raptured or maybe alien abducted. Huh? I, I'm not sure what it is. Like there's multiple like conflicting stories going on I about just what might have happened.
0: You- I just thought you were, like, lost in that game.
1: No, 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 because you get all these stories of, like, there's this group of people who used to be, uh, like, they were just business people, and, like, one of them is, like, sick because they don't have medicine anymore, and they're trying to travel through this wilderness because apparently there's, like, this beacon that was calling everybody to some city, and they're all deciding to travel, but then, like, another thing is, like, these like police reports about this company that made this drug that like made people addicted, but then the withdrawals would like make them crazy. Uh, it's full of weird side lore in all sorts of documents, like handwritten notes and emails and, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I'm just starting to uncover that stuff, but for the most part, it is, uh, like this very flat shaded, uh, it's like, Washington, I think, is where the geography is modeled after. Just a lot of forests and mountains and stuff that you're walking through. Yeah. Uh it's really peaceful. Like I just crank up the music and wander around in it and it's uh refreshing. It's nice. Yeah, I really like that game. I intend to spend a bunch more time with it.
2: Cool. Yeah, I want to play it too. It looks really pretty. The music it does look is good. really pretty and reminds me a lot of Proteus.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean there's more to it than Proteus, though I would consider Proteus more of, like, it has more mechanics. Like, Proteus has a lot of things going on under the hood. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, you poke at Proteus and things happen. This is just a walk This game doesn't
1: things. really have that, outside of collect food to eat.
0: Yeah. Uh, I uh, Guys, I, ha- I have the things that, that me love will never do for love.
1: <laughs> what, what do you have? We still have an hour to go before it's 97 minutes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so. right. is that the tease? <laughs> you, want to, you
0: want to know what me love won't do for love? He says it in the song, apparently. He refers to them in the verses. He's referencing the things he won't do. Mm. There are four things in the verses that he says he won't do. Okay. Wow. Here they are. He will ne- he He will do anything for love, but he won't forget the way you feel right now. So. That's a real high bar. Well done. Oh, wow.
3: Uh,
0: yeah. uh, he'll do anything for love, but he won't stop dreaming of you every night of my life. Aww, uh, he'll, do, he, he'll do anything for love, but he won't do it better than I do with you so long. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll do anything for love, but he won't
1: forgive himself if
0: we don't go all the way tonight.
1: This is, like, stuff that you write on the Facebook page of someone you're stalking. <laughs> that's a threat!
0: That is a threat! I will do anything for love, but I won't forgive myself if we don't go all the way. That'd lock him up!
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a little creepy. You just twisted the meaning of
1: his... I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna stay with butt stuff. I like it better than butt stuff. <laughs> yeah,
2: I liked it better when it was ain't no I up. also like it. Yep. Good quotes, guys.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm episode 14, I like
1: it better when it's butt
0: <laughs> It's true, it's fair enough, it's true Anyway, that's the meatloaf segment uh, of
1: the episode I played a bunch of Ninja Gaiden uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma. NES?
0: N- no, no the-
1: Ninja Gaiden Trilogy for the Genesis?
0: You shut your face
1: <laughs> <laughs> The
0: Ninja Gaiden... That uh, so was released in 2003, and then released in 2005, and then again released in 2007 on the PlayStation 2 uh 3. Uh,
1: yeah, 3, PlayStation 3.
0: My bad, uh, in Ninja Gaiden Sigma. That's a very good game. Are all three of them good games? The uh, first one's pretty good, the black's where it's at, and then Sigma's okay. It, it completely messes up the game in a okay. variety of ways.
1: So pitch me on this as being valuable as not Bayonetta. Since I know it's one of those style games.
0: It's just a really good game. Uh, Like, I don't know. I'm really bad at describing what it is. But it's not, not
1: like, narratively ridiculous, right? It's much more like you're just fighting ninja men.
0: Oh, it's narratively ridiculous. Okay. But it's gross as shit.
1: But you're not, Um, like, on clock towers flying through space fighting giant space dragons?
0: No, you jump out of an airship. And then you slide along power lines and fight demons, and it's in weird. It's in
1: jap. It's set in Japanese Europe. Okay, well, I'm on board for that.
0: <laughs> uh, there's actually some parts of specifically the cutscene design and storytelling that I really like, even though the storytelling itself is the great. Like Ninja Gaiden was always gross. Like people were getting crushed with that new game, but Ninja Gaiden was always the worst.
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, Itagaki. I mean, that yeah, man is not okay. known for his uh, progressive <laughs> ideas about women.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but it. it but there's, uh, sh- there's a lack of words in the storytelling. That's nice. Lots of cutscenes are just done through image- imagery. Um,
1: oh, so like the NES Ninja Gaiden?
0: Yeah, very much. So. It actually, honestly, feels like a, uh, the extension of really old kind of narrative design because they didn't have the technology for you know full on cutscenes. But then when they do talk, it's the stupidest thing, and they're like, "Ah, oh, the Dark Dragon Blade, alas." I am not of the dragon lineage, so I cannot wield the dark dragon blade. Oh, let's go over to the Vigor Empire and fight the fiends.
1: So it it's- just sounds like Yu-Gi-Oh at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah. He- R- R- Ryu's gonna take you to the shadow realm.
1: He's got the blue-eyes white dragon sword.
0: Yeah, he has that really Exodia. Obliterate. That's the one, right?
1: I- you know <laughs> more about Yu-Gi-Oh than I do, apparently. <laughs> it's true.
0: But, um Here's the other... G- I don't. Tristan. Nope lost it lost it but the game itself is just a really tight fighting game Uh, well not fighting it it's got a really tight combat system a character
1: action game a
0: character action a hack and
1: slash a CAG a CAG when you say hack and slash I actually think of more like Dynasty Warriors like Golden Axe style games
0: that's fair that's fair uh, what I like about the Ninja and Black that I lost in all the other ones is that there's a specificity to the combat. It's all—it's very deliberate. Every every single move has to be planned, and there's animation priority. Kinda, it's way faster than a game like Dark Souls, but that's an obvious comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also set in one big city and kind of Metroidvaniay, but not at all really. Like it's—it it just crosses the level design crosses over itself, and it. It has a single place and takes place in one place. So the, the actual design, the way the game unfolds, is really smart. Okay. Which they lost completely in the sequels. They would just go through this level and fight guys. They took away all the puzzles in the later games as well. Which someday
1: is you're going to force me to play this game, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And they, we're going to play Ninja Gaiden back at some point. Okay. And what they did in Sigma to fuck it up is they added a bunch of um, chapters where you play as Rachel, mm-hmm. who is the other character. Once uh, is,
1: she, is she a booby lady?
0: Do you, want me to, do you want a picture? Because, yes.
1: Okay, she's a booby lady.
0: Have you seen any lady from an Itagaki game?
1: I've uh, watched the
0: movie Dead or Alive. Okay, <laughs> further than that. More leather. More leather. Her, her weapon is a giant hammer.
1: So she's like uh, that lady in Devil May Cry. Trish. I don't,
0: tr- yes, but more naked. Okay. Hang on, I'm actually going to... I want this live reaction of you...
1: <laughs> All right, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> Here we go, and um, this is from a cutscene. This is the wo- uh, This is the most.
1: Here you go. Oh Christ! Yeah, is she covered in goo?
0: Oh, she's just she has just been spat out of a giant tentacle monster. That oh, of course, her up,
1: oh, that you had wow. to fight. That's uh, upsetting.
0: Yeah, it's the grossest and the worst thing. Luckily, the things that are interesting, and good about it are completely removed and separate from the gray stuff but it's a shame because had they just put taken the mechanics and not had Irigaki design. so a her helmet.
1: are her levels like objectively bad
0: well that that her combat is less interesting because you only got one weapon and she's slower
1: oh but the is this a is this a game of I I just assumed you used a katana that whole game no oh multiple weapons are the point of the game oh okay uh, huh. there's a bu- bunch
0: of different weapons uh, and she only I don't know why her. I didn't
1: know that. For some reason, I thought that was like a single-weapon game.
0: And the, well, there's a the whole thing about Ninja Gaiden 3 that they changed it to a single-weapon game and everyone was pissed. Mm. Um, and uh, the problem, the biggest problem with it, is that it interrupts the flow of having one character in one city and making the game feel cohesive. Mm-hmm. You see a bunch of environments before you're actually meant to see a bunch of environments. So it just makes the game less cohesive. It's actually not too bad if you're replaying it, because you can ignore it. But as a first experience, it's just, it's, it would completely break that game. Okay. It's easier, there are more save points, so there is that.
1: Sure. When we play it, we'll play Black. I own Black, so I, I don't want to repurchase this game.
0: Yeah, I want to play it a few more times before, it will be some point next year, I want to get further, so I can try, when we do in that month, I'm going to go to try to do it on the highest difficulty and see how far I get.
1: Great. I'm sure that'll be infuriating.
0: Oh, god, <laughs> I'm going to hate that game before I'm done. I will play yeah. it
1: on Ninja Dog and like it
0: Yep. And I, I played Assassin's Creed Liberation for that an hour and I was like, nope, this is an Assassin's Creed game, but that game also okay. has the most.
1: Okay. So what's this unique system in that game?
0: Okay, so you play as, uh, Aveline, hang on, uh, Aveline. Assassin's Creed, sh- what's her last name? Some, Aveline, what, what's her name? Aveline de Grandpère. Uh, I can't print, I'm bad at French, uh, who is, um, a, uh, mixed race, a woman who's fighting in New Orleans against slavers, basically. Or, not as much as Freedom Cry is directly engaging with slavery, but, um, uh, it, it engages that topic. And the interesting system is that, uh, she has three specific modes of clothing that you have to change into throughout the game. First one's just her assassin's gear, and in that she's, um, always gonna be attacked by guards, but she is the best at combat. And her two disguises are, uh one she can um she can get changed into a persona called the lady persona she's all dressed up nice and in that persona she's like harassed by all the guys on the street but can all work but can like bribe them to do things for her and in the other persona uh it's her dressing up as a slave costume and there she's almost invisible but people are really shitty to her all the time so just existing on the street uh Kind of places her in a context that the other games just don't bother to do. Mm. Like,
1: like, you mean when you're hooded Ezio running through like yeah, Rome I, and everyone's dressed normal and you're in that hood and look yeah. ridiculous? Yeah, and you look ridiculous. But I mean, like the way the the world
0: changes how it interacts with you based on uh what you are doing and it is a uh, actually really. Effective, but not very prominent because it's barely a feature in the game once you, like, once you start missions, it's, yo, follow the guy, don't follow the guy too close.
1: Hmm.
0: It's an Assassin's Creed game. Is it still
1: an Assassin's Creed game or is it a bad Assassin's Creed game?
0: It's a bad Assassin's Creed game because it's on the Vita and the story's nonsensical because they don't have the money to do the, tell the story they want to tell. So there's lots of people referencing things you don't see happen. Like, within 10 minutes, I had no idea what was going on. So. Which is a shame.
1: The official abnormal mapping recommendation is still Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood, and that's it.
0: Probably. But I would say if you have access to this, play, like, the first hour or so. Because mm-hmm. as a, an exploration of, like, showing... Because it's basically a representation of how sexism and racism affects this woman in the world in subtle ways. Uh, there's there's a, Actually, there's a really good errant signal on it that you should watch. Okay. Uh, that is talked about this and the way I'll, Freedom Cry.
1: I'll do that, that and not play the game. Yeah. There you go. Pretty much, you're good. You're good. But I, I intend to play Freedom Cry at some point. That's the one I'm actually interested in. I think. Yeah. But...
0: Um, and it was just sad because, you know, uh, that's what Assassin's Creed could be good at. Like, taking you to different time periods and see the way that as a person in those time periods, you're affected by the world around you. No
1: Assassin's Creed games actually do that. No, it's about stabbing dudes in different time periods.
2: In the <laughs> face and or neck.
1: Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, exactly.
2: Stabbing through the ages. Yeah. Stabbing through the oldies. What kind of
1: building can you climb on and then get eagle vision as the camera rotates around you? Church? Yeah.
0: You climb up a tree, a massive tree house in the bayou. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a that's, big bayou area. That's pretty dumb. <laughs> it's pretty
1: dumb? <sighs> maybe I'll play... A, maybe, people keep telling me to play Assassin's Creed 4. I intend to at some point I assume it's just going to get cheap enough that I'll pull the trigger Yeah, pretty much
0: It's on sale on PSN at the moment, but not enough
1: No, that's like uh, I could see paying $15 for that I could see that coming out on Plus Actually Maybe, that game's popular enough that I don't know if that's
0: 3 came out on Plus Everyone hated 3 I also feel like Plus has been way less This year
1: I mean, they have indie games to give out now
0: That's true but yeah, that's that's that game.
2: That's video games.
1: Great. Destiny, talk about a different game that is not video gamey.
2: Okay, I'm gonna talk about Hohokum.
1: Yeah, the least video gamey video game. Or it, is it
2: Well, I mean, I don't think it's 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 a video game, you know. So
1: I I feel like the pitch of that game was it was just a fly around and weird stuff happens simulator, but there's actually way more to it, right?
2: Right, yeah, no, it has objectives. Um, right now I'm stuck on a stage, to be honest. There's this um, like essentially you're this little
3: the well, long little, mover, you're like this
2: long mover wormy Whoa. eye fellow.
0: I've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my!
3: Don't encourage oh <laughs> you.
2: Oh. <laughs> my monocle is shattered. Uh, so you've got. You know, you're, you're, you're floating around and you float through different stages and you help different figures within these worlds. Um, and each one has an objective. They're, um, cloudy, but once you figure them out, they're really simple. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of finding them. And there's also this collection element where you're trying to open as many of the, like throughout the stages, there's a bunch of different eyes and you have to open them by f- Passing them or interacting with them. Those and are, the things, the, game... the, oh, are the things where the movement changes.
0: Are those the things where the movement changes like, the circle
3: thing?
2: Yeah, Yeah. yeah there's different um, things that you moving around items can do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I was sold on it as, like, a sort of sandboxy um, toy of a game. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, that totally makes sense. In, like, the Noby Noby Boy style...
2: Yeah. Or even like
1: even like Proteus kind of where you you just kind of wander and stuff happens.
2: And I thought it would be more of that, but it's I mean, it still has their objectives and you have to sometimes the long mover is like a taxi service. Sometimes the long mover is like almost antagonistic um in like just disrupting scenes. (laughs) Sometimes, uh, long mover is just helping out with some music.
0: The, long, so- the long mover came
1: from the skies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for some reason, that entire paragraph was the funniest thing about The heard. night
1: of the long mover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so you unlock. Oh, damn it, each- you guys. <laughs> <laughs> each stage you unlock, like, a different friend, and they always have goofy names to fly. Fly, float around with you. I don't know if you're floating or flying because it depends on where you are. Sometimes you're underwater. One of the itchiest modes was an underwater mode and it made me very itchy because there were a lot of little weird things on the screen. Um <clears throat> But it's a really, really colorful game. It's really, really uh pretty. I love the music. It's uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I don't really have a whole lot to say on it, but I definitely think it's it's way more of a game game than people let on yeah it's
1: like i only spent like five minutes with it but it seems like an actual straight up puzzle game
2: yeah exactly um
1: just with a huge layer of art over the top
2: yep there's a 17 worlds in total and um let's see the art is by richard hogg and the music is by ghostly international artists. I'm sure there's
1: going to be some hulka music in here.
2: Yeah, it's... I love it. But yeah, there's just a lot of different cues. And I can't remember... I kind of lost my train of thought. But... I think... It's definitely not what it's being sold to be. But I find that delightful. There are many times where I would hit on something and... Something weird would occur, occur and I would just squeal in delight because I'd be so surprised. So yeah. I really like the game so far. It's very peaceful. I like putting it on and just floating around and seeing what's going to happen. But I I will admit that, yeah, I'm totally stuck on one stage. I'm trying to figure out how to get all these machines to uh, work for me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a game that uh I intend to spend some time with in the next month because I have it. I've played just a little bit of it, but uh, Eidolon's been eating up all my let's play a game to relax time instead. It's true. Um, back to real video games. None of this artsy fartsy bullshit. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Bioshock Two: Return to Rapture. That's not actually its subtitle. I, it'd be terrible if it was.
0: Is there anything in that that sounds like a vibrator? Wait, what? No,
1: no, you're the long mover. Uh, there's, there's the big daddy.
0: Yep! Oh, uh oh. That's, that doesn't vibrate. That's just a boring dildo. <laughs> sure. It's not- but it's like the
1: size of your arm.
0: Yeah. It's like
2: the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen, but it doesn't actually vibrate. Um. I like how you think large arm sized dildos are boring.
1: <laughs> Jackson lives an exciting life. <laughs> He's from the UK, didn't you know
0: <laughs> I, I consider that to be pretty dull uh, What am I going to do with that? I'm going to, if I the size of my arm Ow You anyway. could beat someone about the naked face with it <laughs> Okay, this could carry on Yes, what else? Bioshock? Bioshock's a good vibrating name Um, Yes, yes it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm recording videos that won't be up for another month, probably, at this point. You Uh, ridiculous person. Of Bioshock 2. That game is really interesting, because I feel like there's way more to it than the original. It's not as, like, it's not as surprising as the original Bioshock is, and I don't think it's paced as good, but I think there's a lot more to it, like, textually. Like, the world is really fascinating, because it opens... Cause it's 10 years after the fall of Rapture, like era. So the way things looked in Bioshock, things look way worse. Like the first 45 minutes of that game, you were just going through areas that like all of the corpses are dead and desiccated and there's a lot of overgrowth of like barnacles and stuff as the water starts to seep into areas and reclaim well, Rapture.
0: Well, also like by necessity, like the first game, it had a lot of interesting stuff in it, but it is set up around that one reveal and those one very just Mm -hmm. objectivism and the opposite of objective it's it's still pretty simple but they can't just do that that stuff that stuff is in there yeah but but... they have to kind of dig a bit deeper just to get anything Mm -hmm. that they didn't say before so by necessity it kind of has to at least aim for something more interesting even if it doesn't succeed all the time
1: yeah and so the opening is fascinating because it is a much more naturalistic version of that world uh and it eventually becomes the, I'm going through like these, this apartment town area and it fe- feels very staged in the same way a lot of Bioshock did. And it makes sense in the world because these are underwater cities built to resemble cities on the surface. So they're going to feel staged. Like mm-hmm. there is a almost like hokey, like Disneyland quality to the world of Bioshock. Uh, That is pervasive through all three of those games really uh even when one of them doesn't justify itself at all but uh we're not going to talk about that game um and but the parts where it is more organic are delightful that game is the most metroid prime game that i've ever seen that isn't metroid prime because i feel like that's a formula that never got iterated on like those three games exist and that's it and i'm delighted to find that bioshock 2 is very similar in uh mode and uh, sensibilities because there's a lot of stuff in that game that is just meander through a space and take in what's there uh, especially when it's the more organic areas because there's underwater parts since you are kind of like a big daddy character where you're just traipsing through the ocean floor and looking at the surroundings and how these buildings are being reclaimed by the ocean again and there's no combat in those areas and they are of course the most delightful parts of that game Uh, the combat's fine, but it is kinda just more Bioshock. They give you more options, but I don't find that kind of game particularly fun in general. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's fine, but I'm not enthused about the fighting in a real way. Oh, the Big Daddy fights are always great though. Uh, it's just the endless army of splicers that you end up fighting. Uh,
0: how are they still alive?
1: Uh, they're, they continue to be gross. I don't know. It's 10 how are there so many of them? It's been 10 years. I know. I know a lot of them have like weird I don't remember this in BioShock but a lot of them have like, like weird like animal feet at this point like they're very uh gross looking.
0: At some point in this game you have to come across like a splicer society of some kind,
1: right? Well, I found I found like weird like giant brute kind of sp- uh, splicers that I know weren't in BioShock. They're just like the boomer in like Left 4 Dead. They're these big brute guys that serve almost as like intermediaries between the big daddy fights and the splicers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe you will. I mean, I'm going through this huge, like apartment, like living residential area that I don't think was in the original Bioshock at all. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of people in Rapture. It's true. Cause one of the things that you you talk you discover in this game is that like they imported a lot of people from the surface that weren't necessarily like objectivist folks to be the laborers because the people who went down to rapture were all the rich folks. That's so pretty there good. was this entire like ghetto society of laborers who didn't subscribe to Andy Ryan's stuff but were just like brought down there to work That's and be kept down.
0: Already more interesting than everything in Bioshock One. Yeah, sure. That's, that's great. I'm, okay, that's great. I'm gonna watch that when you start putting those up.
1: Yeah, uh, that game is really interesting. Uh, like I said, I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, okay. I intend to play Minerva's Den, but not immediately, cause I can't do 20 hours of Bioshock 2.
0: No. You would go insane. Yeah. I, um, watched video game movies. Video game the movie. Well, the let's, one. Let's, let's
1: finish up the video games until, before we talk about the movies thereof.
0: Okay, so we have to... All right, sure. I mean, I played <laughs> a lot. teasing.
1: I know, but what else have you played that you want uh, to talk about?
0: Uh, I played Fez. I don't really want to talk about
1: Fez. No. Uh,
0: the So earlier in the month, it's been a while, but I played a few freeware games um, that were tiny and interesting. And one I wanted to bring up was Be the Bull.
1: Uh, oh, yeah, okay.
0: Which is... All it is, is a... A football game in which you are taking a single shot at goal. That's all the game is. It's the simplest thing in the world. But I really like it. Like, it's a single interaction. It's you kick a ball and try to score. The goalie moves at a, sorry, I'm using all British terminology right now. The goalie.
1: Um, we know what a goalie is. Yeah. Is,
0: is that not, would you not, what about the keeper? Is that, yeah. Is that,
2: yeah. Good. Uh, right. Quidditch. I'm familiar with Quidditch. <laughs>
0: so- <laughs> yeah damn it damn it <laughs>
1: there's a goalie in the mighty ducks so i know what a goalie is
0: well, oh, yeah. well hockey yes sorry yeah, forget hockey. the hockey totally has goals anyway um what's interesting about it is that it just shows how ridiculously overcomplicated sports games are because they're the most overcomplicated things especially teen sports games like the most interesting sports games or enjoyable ones are like tiger woods uh, because it's just one interaction. You're just hitting the ball and getting better at hitting the ball. It's a relaxing game, Tiger. Whereas NBA 2K14 something is one of the most stressful games because it's just ridiculously complicated going back and forth. Uh, it's essentially Pong. You have to get your th- ball past the other guys, uh, but taken to the most crazy extremes as they simulate every single aspect of ba- basketball. Uh, whereas this is just one... Uh, basically, so what you do in build, Be the Ball is you press one button for power, and then you let it go, and then you kind of have to control the ball in the air to get it past the, the goalkeeper. You don't have that much influence over it. It's not like every single time you can do it. It's actually kind of hard, so it gets the difficulty there. But I just lost like 45 minutes of taking this one shot over and over again until I got really good at it. And, yeah, and my takeaway was that sports games have got ridiculously complicated in a way that they don't need to be, and I'd like to see more simple focused things that focus on the interactions that make sports interesting.
1: Okay. Mm. Uh To that effect, I played a lot of Rusty's Realtor Baseball. I finished that game. Uh, that's a good game. Highly recommended as one of those types of very simplistic sports games. Do you the- play <laughs>
0: baseball with like
1: it? You play a lot of mini-games in and around baseball. Like there's like catching games and there's hitting games and there's pitching games. Uh there's weird like you're going to carve a bat out of a block of wood games or do that thing where you like bounce a ball on the top like the edge of your bat as you hold it out. Like Oh yeah, I did that. I've done that. Uh yeah, like there's weird mini games around it, but they're all parts of baseball. In the same way that like Wii Sports has mini games around the sports they represent, even if it's not a full simulation of that sport, but in, a sports game, in abstracting it, it makes it really fun. That's the thing that Rusty does really well. Like all of the stuff you do is really fun. Like it's not you're not playing you're never playing a actual game of baseball, but it <sighs> is fun because it's not that.
0: I want to load up Wii Sports right now. Just play some Wii Sports. Play some tennis. Yeah. Students.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. That's I've also been playing Desert Golf. Which you can get on your iOS and maybe Android devices. Which is just, you know what Stickman Golf is, right? Everyone's played that. Or some variation yeah. thereof.
2: Um, uh, I don't know if I've played it, but I know what it is. It's
1: just a, like, side view browser-based golf game where you just hit the ball towards the hole. There's like a simple power meter or whatever. This game is that, except there is no pars, and there's no, like, it keeps your score of hits, but there's no, like, club selection or anything. Uh, there's just an endless variety of holes. Like, as far as I can tell, it does not end. It yeah. advertises is as not ending, ever. Have you uh,
0: ever played Gravity Golf? Yeah. I really yeah. like Gravity Golf.
1: Yeah. So if you just want the loop of, here's the ball, there's the hole, hit it in, over and over again, it's like the perfect <laughs> mobile game. Because it Good. is just that loop of the way, the reason people like golf games. Yeah. Just distilled down to its barest essentials. I've heard apparently that at some point the color changes in what? Golf. Yeah, it starts out like very, uh, like tan, just tan on tan. Uh, it, it's very like monochromatic, but apparently around like 2000, it turns purple. Like whole yeah. 2000.
0: Future deserts!
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm excited. I saw that on Twitter today. I was very happy. That's good. Thing to work towards. I'm only on like whole like 30. So, I have a ways to go. You'll get there. Anything else? Uh, I feel like we should talk about games that we played as duos, because me and Destiny have been playing stuff. And then me and Jackson played a thing. Oh, I forgot about that.
2: (laughs) Yes, duo games. What did we play, Matt?
1: Well, did you want to talk about Octodad, or did you want to talk about PT?
2: Um, We could talk about... (laughs) Let's talk about PT first, and then we'll talk about Octodad after Jackson.
1: Okay. We played Playable Trailer.
2: Playable trailer TM.
1: How how did you find PT?
2: I found it so like,
1: scary. When I when I shoved the controller it. in your hands and Whoa. said you need to do the thing because <laughs> oh, okay. I can't do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you take that, Jackson,
1: Jackson Don't be a child.
0: <laughs> uh, we have both of us. I'd like uh, to say, yes, I, I you will admit, were playing directly into it, you shut your face. <laughs> no, I was not. I did
1: not realize that that was a happen. When what you happened. shove
0: the controller into your hand and yeah, I tell you to do the thing because I can't do it, I'm sorry. What do you expect? What do you expect?
1: Maturity. <laughs> I expect no, you maturity.
2: He <laughs> <You> expects maturity. <laughs> um, no, okay. So, no, no, no. This is how PT went down. We, we turned off all the lights and we're like, this is going to be scary. And how he long didn't did that tell last? me. <laughs>
0: How long it, did you did you have to turn keep them off for before you were like
2: nope, but this on? Uh, Twenty minutes, half an hour.
0: It's pretty but good. It wasn't actually. long.
1: The second time we had to look something up, I was like, I need to turn these lights on. I can't deal with this anymore.
2: And also, we didn't finish it because it was too creepy.
1: Also, it it gets really obtuse from the point we stopped
2: because we true. played up
1: through getting attacked by the the ghost.
2: Yeah, we were, and and we knew it was coming, so it wasn't as scary. I think if I did not know it was coming, I probably would have screamed. Well,
0: there's a ghost in that game. Yeah. Yeah.
2: For once, they put a ghost in a game.
1: (laughs) It was the the going into the bathroom that I think killed me the most. Like, I just couldn't do it.
2: Because it's a small bathroom, it reminded me a lot of a really gross version of my own home bathroom. Like if my if we had just stopped taking care of my house, and because it was really small, and then there's just like the mirror, and behind the mirror is the shower, and ugh, and you don't you don't know it's going to be behind you or in the
1: mirror, and it is yeah, awful. The the game has a locked like as because you go through the loop of this hallway and early on like there's banging in the bathroom door like you know that there's something in there uh and then at one point it cracks open and when you like try to peer inside like uh, the ghost rushes to the door and pulls it shut again uh-huh. but then on one uh-huh. loop on one loop the exit to this loop is closed off and the bathroom door is just wide open And you have to go in there and all that you can see from outside is a flickering, like, light inside the bathroom.
0: So how do you, so how does the game communicate its premise to you? So you're walking through this, this, this. You wake up
1: in, like, this concrete room, like, it's just bare. And, uh, you go through the, the one door and then you're in this hallway and it's just a, it's like straight down, like 20 feet and you turn right. And then it's straight down, like, maybe 50 feet. On the right, there's, like, a closed door. And then there's, like, a foyer area with, like, a main door on the left that's never opened. But it's, like, there's, like, a coat rack and stuff. It's clear that's, like, the exit of the house. And then at the end of that hallway is, like, like four or five steps down to, like, a concrete basement area. And when you go through that door, it kicks you back to the beginning of the hallway loop.
0: Okay. Oh, that's way longer than I thought. I thought it was one single hallway on one floor.
1: I mean, it is on one floor, there's just a little staircase down and nothing happens okay. in there. Uh, yeah, it's
2: just the same areas over and I... over.
0: Okay. And but it is is—it is
1: just like a hallway with a turn and then another hallway.
2: So, so you, and there are you, start, doors. you start the game,
0: you go into rooms and start exploring things.
1: There's no going into rooms, there's this hallway. So
0: there's this hallway, you walk down the hallway.
1: Yeah. And Um, there's, there's like a bunch of pictures on the wall. There's like a, like right at the turn, there's like a window, but to your left is this little alcove with like a bunch of pictures. Where's the
0: first scare?
1: Um.
2: Honestly, like as soon as it starts and you hear the. The
1: second or the second loop, I think, or maybe the third (laughs) loop, you'll hear banging on the bathroom door. So, so the first time it's
0: just a creepy house you walk through and then you realize, wait, I'm walking through the house again.
1: Yeah. And the second like and then there's banging on the bathroom door Don't and you then hear a news
2: story on the TV
1: or uh, on the radio there's someone talking I mean that's oh, even in the first loop great. about how in there there like a man was found who had murdered his like wife and child or whatever. Uh it's like this really horrible like like police report kind of news story. And but then like one of the times you go around like everything's really dark. Uh and then one of the times when you round the corner, there's a figure standing in the foyer down the, like, ah, first hall. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it's just there. Uh,
3: oh, oh,
2: can I interject to yeah. just say that um, somebody posted the screenshot of the figure standing there, and when Matt showed it to me, he didn't tell me what it was, and I thought it is was that, an actual... Yeah, is that uh, the one
0: screenshot that everyone's yes. been... That,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. no! And I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was a screenshot from that movie Wreck. Yeah, the, I thought it was like portable. some kind
0: of found footage
1: thing,
2: because it's yeah. grainy enough
0: for it to, you could believe uh, that. That. Pi- that
1: picture's been altered a little bit, but yeah, the game it looks, looks like fantastic. Like, especially when you're holding still, it looks v- pretty photorealistic.
0: I mean, when you uh, uh, to attack the power of those systems and the like full budget of an AA thing to something that small and focused, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that it was a Silent Hills. Was, but you didn't, you didn't. I
1: didn't tell the, her what it was going that's into. That's the it.
2: saddest
0: part of it is that because of how obtuse it is, and he wanted it to be this big crowd solved thing, which is the biggest mistake they made. that people didn't get. Like this, play through the scary thing, and in one go realize, oh, this is the dumbest thing on earth. Fade up the S, Silent Hills.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this is the first time I've been excited for a Silent Hill game. Like, I never usually have the system to play them,
1: so. Um, and then we played Octodad. We finished that last night. Octodad deadliest catch. Playing Octodad co-op is probably, I think, the way to play that if you can manage it, cause it's ridiculous.
2: It's super yeah. fun. We had so much fun. We ended
1: up being pretty good at Octo. I think, I think we're pretty good at Octodad. Actually.
2: We're Octodad champs. We've got the stuff. Cause
1: people, I know people talked up moments of that game as being hard, like the escalator, like people we were like, I was stuck for an hour on the escalator. And the escalator was hard, but I feel like we communicated enough to get through it.
2: You just have to talk to your partner. Be open about what you want, your desires, and
1: Well, also, goals. yeah, I don't know. We were splitting the work to be fair, but I don't know. I don't know. I think that game could be easy with one person too. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I feel like without you there, I probably wouldn't. Like if I played that by myself, I wouldn't finish it. To be honest,
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think it would have been too much of a problem for me. But I don't know. I that game. I don't think I found that game like. Like it's hard to control, like on purpose. But I felt like once I spent some time with it, I got my head around it pretty well. I knew what how to do what I wanted to do. It also goes places. The the ending of that game is like epic and like expansive in a way I wasn't expecting. It gets very dramatic,
2: and it's super touching. Yeah, very
0: touching. What happens to
2: his kids?
1: They do you really do you want spoilers spoilers for the Dead*?
0: Yeah, I'm never going to play it. I have a PS4.
1: It's on PC. That's a replay. I'm never
0: going to play it. I'll watch you play it. Okay.
1: Um, you go to the aquarium as, like, the second big area, and, like, your wife's upset with you because she knows you're keeping secrets, and then the chef, like, un like unmasks you. Like, he takes off all of your clothes and throws you into, like, the shark tank, so you're just an octopus. Oh, no! And yeah. while he you're, like, trying to escape the sharks, he goes up to your family and, like, tries to tell them that you're an octopus. And you have this moment where you realize that you have to save your family even if, if it means just being an octopus. And so you go and confront the chef and your family's like, oh, this is you. And your the daughter already knew. She's like, well, duh, didn't did everybody know? And uh <laughs> the son's like, oh, cool, this is great. And your when, wife is...
0: During the controls of that sequence, when you're finally allowed to control like an octopus, is it like a really... Like, not challenging at all, really expressive it's, moment of controls because that's what they need to do to make yeah, that no, um, powerful. Yeah, you're it's, swimming around. You're
1: you're on, like, it's on, like, a rail, most, like, more or less, as you're going through these environments because you're swimming, like, through these, you go, you, like, break through these vents and you're, like, swimming through the various tanks of the aquarium and your one mechanic is you press A to, like, power up and, like, shoot forward but it's just, like, It's like the end of journey. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm, I'm imagining the end of journey. It's just
1: this soaring moment where you're like swimming with dolphins and you're like flying through these areas. That is beautiful. Yeah. That is so much better than I
0: could have expected. Oh, so what is, so what happens when you get to the family?
1: So, and then the, the chef, like your family doesn't believe the chef, but then when you show up and you're like standing there in your nude octopus glory, uh, they're like, well, we have to stop this chef because the chef then, just sets fire to everything. He's like, well, I'll just kill us all or whatever. And you and your family have to work together to defeat the chef. And then you all become very, ha- you all get together happily. And in the moment where everyone's like hugging it out and your wife's like, you should have told me years ago, but I thought whatever secret you're keeping was way worse. Uh, I don't know what could be worse than,
2: than, Being married to an octopus for 10 plus years and not knowing. Your son's
1: like, well, if you're an octopus, then where did we come from? And they all start laughing and it cuts to credits.
2: Great. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite little things about that game is you get, there's a flashback scene where you're remembering how you met your wife. Oh my God. (laughs) you, you, you plop up onto this ship from the sea and you just stow away on this boat and the controls are totally like you're just really floppy and weird until you wear human clothes and you can like have legs <laughs> and then you start moving like octodad it's, Well, it's so really... at
1: first you're really floppy but then you drink some coffee oh, and yeah. that like that like gives Weechle. you vitalization to be able to like stand properly and then when from you get clothes from a you number become... one dad mug yeah He imprinted on dadhood early <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's like this weird like stealth sequence where you're trying to sneak past people on this boat. It's like the opening of Metal Gear Solid Two. <laughs> it's so good. This game was so good. Yeah, it's only it, like we beat it in two hours because there was only four episodes that we recorded, but it was a delight.
0: That's that sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, in maybe more discouraging news, uh, me and Jackson tried to play Civ Five. Yep. Or we played like half of a game of Civ Five. Yeah, around that. Yeah. um, I just kind of went through the most... I think the problem is this was your first time playing Civ, like and it was not a good... first
0: time pl- playing Civ, and because neither of us are
1: very antagonistic Civ players, it just felt like he was playing a game of Civ, and I was taking up space. Next time... Next time, because I really would like to play again, you you should play like a single player game. Yeah, I want to get a help. But it. then next time we'll turn off barbarians and we'll turn up the AI difficulty, so we don't have to be antagonistic, but people will be antagonistic towards us. Okay. Because I think that'd be more fun.
0: Yeah, we need some kind of teamwork on that. Because I
1: don't, I don't really feel like, like I'm not competitive, in the like I don't want to build up, up no, an army and beat you up. Cause, I was just
0: getting to the point where I was like, I'm just going to start attacking you just for no reason, just to have something to do. I didn't. But I was about to turn into the, I am yeah, bored this multiplayer game, I'm going to fuck everything up.
1: Because you got, uh, you got to, I, yeah. Because part of that, that game's loop is just kind of like, oh, I get new tech and then I do that. Like, it's a lot of sitting around waiting for meters to fill to unlock new things. I mean, that's yeah, just can, inherent in the game.
0: I can see how that game, especially in single players, is really satisfying. Just, I am going to lose myself for a few hours as I unlock everything. Yep.
1: Yeah. That's kinda yeah. how that game unfolds. I mean, there's, if you're playing militarily, you, you can be really strategic with the combat stuff, but.
0: I, no, thank you.
1: I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, I was trying to do a little bit of that when we- <laughs> You,
0: yes, you also just started taking out everyone because you wanted I, more. I around. ended
1: up with a navy, and I don't know how. It's just how it worked. That I ended up with like a navy that was way more advanced than every other civilization, so I was like, "Well, I might as well use String!
0: this." Full states and city states, and then you had almost the entire
1: continent. Like, you park a bunch of frigates outside a city, you're going to take the city. It's true. Uh I don't know. It, it was really interesting. I, I'd like to spend more time with that game because that was really maybe my third like big game of Civ because I haven't yeah. played much of that game either myself.
0: Yeah, it was the deepest I've ever got into a game of Civ.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the end game of Civs are generally because re- the uh, like the first hour of that game is always kind of the same place setting of you get a settler, you, you build that, out, you start expanding. That's the
0: biggest issue with Civ for getting into it is like, oh, this first out is so contextless for what's to come and so slow and boring and waiting for meters to fill up so later meters can start filling up and you can actually make decisions
1: i don't know i i i enjoy that part quite a bit because it feels very uh like like the micro part of it i think is really rewarding in like a look at all like my roads and all of my farms and stuff
0: yeah i nope i don't even i don't know enough about the systems of that game for that to be satisfying hmm Like, so at a learning stage, it's really quite, it's Mm. not designed for that. It's clearly a sequel to a game that came out long ago when games were just, you learned about the games, then you played the games. Sure. You do not learn through your first playthrough. Uh,
1: I I feel like I kind of, because I was really intimidated. I went through the tutorial like twice and then I ended up just sitting, I was like, I'm going to play a game till the end. And I felt like I learned a lot by doing that.
0: Oh yeah, you do learn as you go, but like, you, it's not like a, it's not a mm-hmm. structured single player game, I mean. But
1: yeah, especially on like easier modes when you're not being antagonistic, like, by the middle of that game, all of the land is claimed and then it just becomes a matter of like politicking and resource management. Yeah, that's,
3: that's
0: the game I want. I hmm. want that game. I want to get to the middle of a Civ game when everyone's got everything and it's all about positioning yourself.
1: I feel like, uh, that like Galactic Civilizations game is more of that cool i should play that then i'm not positive but when that comes out or that new one whatever beyond earth or whatever it's called yeah. uh, i bet that'll be way more in the vein of that stuff i'm not positive but that's how i feel like people have always i mean about land
0: is so much less of a commodity in space i assume yeah so i would got assume it. so too yeah sid meyer's civilization beyond Earth. i like the title because it implies that sid meyer himself has formed civilization beyond earth
1: uh I feel like that's where he's headed, sure. Him and Richard Garriott Richard and are going Richard into Garriott, space. Yeah. Captain British or Lord British. <laughs> Lord Yeah, uh, he's captain now, Cosmonaut British. Cos
3: oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Fantastic. That'd be a good time.
1: Was the games we went real long? We did. Tell me about the movies about games. (sighs) Video games the movie is a sad, the saddest thing. So that's that was like a wasn't that like a documentary on like television? Or am I thinking of something else? Oh, that's the Charlie Brooker one. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: Which is kind of the same thing. Okay. So video games the movie is an actual movie. Where did you where did you find this? It was was on iTunes. Okay.
0: It was released. In July.
1: Okay. Uh I feel like it's... I didn't hear anybody talk about this.
0: I did when it came out, I heard some stuff on the day it came out.
1: Was it positive stuff?
0: No. It was just okay. this movie about video games. I mean some people enjoyed it, but it's just super surface level, buying into all the gross narratives about games. The full section on how
1: gaming culture okay. is about Let me let me guess the things that it talks about.
2: Alright, right.
1: go. <laughs> uh gaming used to be nerdy, but now gaming's for everybody.
2: Yes, you know
3: it.
1: But all of their examples are like white men. It's like uh, okay, so except sure- except women play on Facebook and mobile.
0: Didn't even talk about those games.
1: Okay, interesting. Didn't wow. even
0: mention them.
1: Um, games wow. used to be really limited by hardware, but now with all of the power of modern technology, we can create emotional experiences that and, are cutscene. What's the
0: other word? What's the what's the word? What's what is the th- the word that makes games good? Tell me, Matt. Cinematic. No
1: technology no Immersive? immersion yes
0: immersion. <laughs> when we hit 1999 immersion happened and then games became better forever is the logic this movie uses great oh. uh, it, um, and, and like the uh, stuff like you know games used to be for nerds but now the nerds are the heroes shot of nerds on an mlg how stage many times did it talk shared? about how
1: games outgrows hollywood
0: uh, a lot. The, the the opening five... Well, not really a lot. Uh, the opening five minutes of the game was... Uh, the game... Of the movie was this really long infographic as it explained why games are
1: legitimate with
0: statistics.
1: And those statistics boil down to capitalism?
0: Yes. It's like, we have more money... Look at how... Just, there's like... That it shows the graph of how much money the music industry makes And then it shows the graph of how much money the film industry makes And then it taken up like three quarters of the screen And then it shows the graph of video games And then it breaks the screen and scrolls along And then you can't even see the other graphs anymore Great So, that's that
1: Great <sighs> Lovely What was the other movie you watched? Gaming in Colour Which is about uh, queer games folk Queer
0: right? games folk, yeah And it was disappointing What's wrong Why? with it? Is it just that
1: it's a talking head thing? It's
0: just that it's a really talking head heavy documentary with no kind of personal hooks to anything. And, like, the people that get into the interviews, some of them are interesting, but I don't follow them in their real lives.
1: Oh, there's so nobody that we know?
0: Nobody that, nobody that we know. It's just people explaining things for an hour. Hmm. So it feels really impersonal, and also, like, when they're saying things and saying their opinions about games and uh, and how they're treated um, with regards to sexuality and stuff, uh, it comes off as, like, they're just saying it matter of factly, even though there's lots of things that aren't true. Like, clearly they're interviewing these guys and getting their opinions, but the way it's presented is in a way that's more, um, just telling the audience things. Whereas if it had been, pre- these interviews had been presented in the context of, you know, here are some queer people who play games and their reaction to them and how that affects their life, uh, it would have been way more effective. Mm hmm. Uh, and, um yeah, I just wish, I wish that. It also, it also um attacked it from a kind of disappointing perspective, and it was like, oh, it was mostly about how AAA games need to a- acknowledge queer people exist, um and didn't spend anywhere near enough time focusing on the fact that there are
1: vibrant, Many queer game many makers? Que- yeah.
0: Like, I would yeah. have, if, if you're making that game, you go to a bunch of queer game makers and you film them, right? That's what I would do.
1: If Ananthropy is not in your thing, you fucking failed.
0: Not mentioned. No, men- they, missed, wow. they mentioned dysphoria. They mentioned dysphoria, but didn't really talk about her as a person. Or a like she's like a it. fixture
1: at this point.
0: Yeah, like they-, 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 they talked about dysphoria, but that was it. So really? it was a yeah, it was disappointing. And also, and also it's um, an-, an incredibly, you know, white movie, mm. Um, mm. which is uh, disappointing because it's not very intersectional at all. Because uh, a lot more things it could have said. And it could have been so much more.
3: Which that's is a, a Because I,
0: I think the idea is really good, and I think you could make that film really well. But mm-hmm. it also just had the impression of a film that had to be made on the cheap quickly. Like, quick, get a bunch of experts in a room, film them with nice-looking cameras, and then edit this.
1: I mean, thats I feel like that's most of those types of game um, game documentaries at this point. Yeah. I mean, right. and that's not... Like, it's a it's a fledgling, like, niche of documentary, so I yes. understand. And there's a yeah. lot of, like... Not established ma- filmmakers doing that work, so I I get it. Like ultimately, I do.
0: Yeah, but maybe so that, that would have that. been more
1: interesting as like a YouTube series, though.
0: Yeah, I I watched the Smash Brothers documentary, and that's better. But it's it's not got interesting subject matter. Or oh, I mean, to say. But like
1: if you interviewed like a game maker an episode, and then like talked about their yeah. games and their experience, like as like a single piece, I think a series of those would yes. have been way better.
0: Uh Agreed. And also I have had enough with like uh kind of um you know, soft focus panning shots as uh digital but inspiring music plays in the background.
1: Oh, you mean every documentary you oh. need by only oh. <laughs> something oh. over now? I
0: hate it so much. Oh, it's the worst. I just want no, just a shot of people
1: doing things. It's you need that uh you need that uh tilt shift focus going on. <sighs>
0: Documentaries about video games look so terrible. I hate you them. You know, you
1: know what's a good documentary about video games? King of Kong. That's a good King one. Of,
0: King of Kong is fucking excellent.
1: Oh, King of Kong is, is about the most them. pointless thing in the world, but it's such it builds such like a clear narrative out of the stupidest thing. I was like, come on, you got to take down this asshole villain of just <laughs> the secret of a good documentary is a documentary still has a like scripted narrative that it's working towards. It Pretty just much. has to. Like that's what it, has it is. To.
0: And say what you will about indicating the movie and i will because i hate it oh yeah At it's least terrible it follows a narrative yeah the, like, problem, with game, narrative. the problem with that game the problem with
1: that movie is that its narratives are awful and it's bankrupt awful in the focus ban- in like the broader sense of what games yeah. are and they, they perpetuate
0: a bunch of shitty things but it has a narrative and has focal points and they're like,
1: they're like two of those three narratives are really compelling
0: and people will walk away from uh, Gaming in Colour with kind of nothing. Like, mm-hmm. if, if they don't agree... Maybe some people who didn't think about queer games would be like, maybe I should think about this more. But if you already converted as there's, there's, there's nothing to... There's if nothing it, to if it was a that. special
1: feature on Indie Game the Movie, I could see that.
0: Yeah, but even if for, for all the things wrong with Indie Game the Movie, you're going to walk away with it with an opinion of Phil Fish as the ca- as Phil Fish Indie Game the Movie character, not the mm-hmm. Fish person.
1: I mean, like, he's not the most interesting story in that. I think the Team Meat guys are, but
0: no, I I agree. But I'm just saying that at least it gives you a narrative and characters and people to hang on to.
1: Oh yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: Rather than just staying saying facts for an hour. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it got me really motivated. Like, I'm just going to. Get a cheap video camera make my own video game documentary. This is all bullshit. I'm going to do it. And then I got, that was like about 15 minutes of being motivated. Then I was like, oh, I'm going to have a hot chocolate and go to bed.
1: Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually what you should do.
0: Yeah, I should.
1: I mean, if, if you want to do that, just make a YouTube series. Don't make a movie. Nobody wants documentary movies. No.
0: If I was if I was doing a documentary, it'd be a, a series of 20 minute YouTube videos. Because why would you do anything else?
1: Yeah. It's the internet.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a cast, that's a podcast Not yet, we've got plenty more to go It's part of the wrap up You do this every time
1: So (laughs) we have Destiny here for a reason Not just to talk about games I mean, talking about games is great But we have a reason Because we're going to announce our big project And it's all her fault No one's going to say anything?
2: Wait, we're well, waiting,
0: building suspense. I would.
1: I was hoping the destiny would talk about why it's her fault.
2: Well, it's my fault because I really, really wanted to play this game.
1: So you, uh,
2: you have like your me. list, right? <laughs> my list, yeah. Like, Physically?
1: No, no, no. I wanted you to talk about your list. Like talk about the idea of having the list of okay. the backlog.
2: Well, I, I just feel like okay. I grew up with video games, but I didn't buy a whole lot of them, because we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, and I'd rent them, but when you rent a game, you only spend, like, a week with it. And so I have all these gaps in my gameplay history that I would like to fill. And that's created this list, which is just a bunch of stuff I'd like to go back and play. And, um, do you want me to talk about some of the games on it?
1: Sure. And then lead up to the one we're actually talking about.
2: Okay, well, like, okay, I've never played a Metroid game. Me neither. I've never... no. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, same.
1: Castlevania, never... that's on that
2: me list. Me neither. <laughs> I started a Castlevania game. I'm playing some of the Night kind of, sort of Yeah. Uh let's see. Um I'm I'm starting out with like I'm playing Mario games. Uh I've never played. I'm trying to think what's another huge one, Matt. That uh, uh I don't know. I've never really gotten into Resident Evil or Tomb Raider. <laughs> me neither. Uh, cause I grew up playing mostly like Mario games and I played a lot of, uh, RPGs and stuff, but there's one RPG that I've never played and that RPG is Final Fantasy VII.
1: So Jackson, you—we've been talking about maybe doing a Final Fantasy since we started this nonsense. But for some reason, I was just incredibly resistant to do seven. And your your entire your only caveat was I don't want to do Final Fantasy seven. Yeah.
0: Which, oh wow. I don't know why. Like, I know why
1: because it is,
0: is for people who have not played it game. it is
1: it feels like the most dead to conversation game at this point.
0: I've watched Advent Children. I'm fine.
1: Except you're not cuz Advent Children's ridiculous nonsense, <laughs> but um so you didn't want to do 7 and I was okay with that but this was a great opportunity to hey let's all play through final fantasy (laughs) 7 you
0: relished in just going hey jackson you should play final fantasy 7 now you're doing this you're doing this now like i was like fine i'm doing this i didn't want to do
1: it alone yeah i agreed to do it with her and then we roped you into (laughs) this i feel like it was her asking you that actually pushed you over because you can ignore me
0: no yeah it was it happened on twitter it was uh she was listed, saying the list on the pod, on her podcast. And I was like, your list is exactly the same as my list. I am Philistine. It's true. Don't tell Matt. Um, and then Matt was like, I already know you need to play Final Fantasy VII. Anyway, and now we are.
1: So we're going to play Final Fantasy VII, all of us, and we're going to do it on the cool soges. This is not like a normal game club. Oh, it's going to be... be
0: a similar thing, but way more casual.
3: And hopefully yeah,
1: we're just... not going to, I mean, we we'll, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. But we're going to do it in kind of this offhanded, jokeier manner than our yes. normal deep dives, I think. Uh, yep. we're also doing it over two months. Yeah, cause so, we can't play
0: that and the behemoth that is roller coaster tycoon 2. No, uh, what?
1: I, just that we don't want to power through that in a month. Yep. <laughs> um, so by the time we come back next month, we are going to have played through disc one. Uh, you'll know when that is cause it says end of disc one. And then. <laughs> That'll be in, uh, October, and then up through the October to the beginning of November, we'll play through the rest of the game. It's probably about 40, 45 hours, assuming you fun. don't dawdle too much. I'm gonna start that soon. Yeah. Tonight. I today. played
2: like 20 probably. minutes already, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, assuming everybody plays about an hour a night, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's just gonna make be... it your before bed game, that's what I've been doing, it's been real nice
0: going to be playing that and watching doctor who that's going to be a ridiculous
3: month
1: i have a i have a lot of uh a lot of history with seven in particular but we'll we'll cover it next month because uh it'll be my lead into us talking about it uh being the person who's played this game probably half dozen times at this point. point seven uh, times i don't think it's seven times but
0: that's just over a
1: half dozen i know Just, just. I didn't want to say seven times because I knew this was gonna happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well done. Uh, I, I'm already like halfway through disc one, so I'm well ahead of the curve. But this will be a fun game. There's plenty to talk about.
0: No, you wanted to get
1: ahead. I was writing. I'm writing tips and tricks for you guys. You are. Yep. It's real stupid, but uh Final Fantasy VII is a fun game. Uh we will probably talk about Advent Children in that second episode cuz Oh, definitely. Uh Destiny hasn't seen it. I would like <gasps> to revisit it, it but we it, it's worth talking about in the context of this is what happened after the end of Final Fantasy 7. Okay. Like, cuz it's the ten, it's the worst. 6
0: years later suddenly Final Fantasy 7 exploded and became the worst thing, but also the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they come, never made come Final back. Fantasy also, VII. for
1: our talk of the spirits within, no, we're not going to do that. But
3: like, I can maybe talk spirits
2: within. maybe we will.
1: Maybe we will. Spirits within's a better movie. It's it's I enjoy it less, but it's a better movie. Final
0: Fantasy 7 The Grapes of Sephiroth It's <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: not okay, and that only works because of your accent. You know that, right?
0: What do, you, what do you mean?
1: Like, I, I, yes, the, I know. the slant rhyme of Sephiroth and Wrath only works because of your accent. Ooh,
0: I say Wrath, but everyone refers to that book specifically as the Greats of Wrath. I think it's because the people who talk about that in Britain are old people. Like, okay. They're your teachers, so they all pronounce it properly, whereas everyone else has started pronouncing Wrath like Americans pronounce Wrath.
1: Okay. It's because of Wrath of Khan, obviously. Yeah, it's
0: because of Wrath of Khan. <laughs> I was always, I was gonna say the Sephiroth of Khan, but that didn't, but I couldn't. That didn't work as well.
1: No, I like the, that's great. (laughs) The novelistic qualities of the Groups of (laughs) Wrath mirror the novelistic qualities of Final Fantasy VII.
0: Imagining the novel about Sephiroth's struggle.
1: I mean, Erez dies in both, so. God damn it. (laughs) God damn it. So that's the end of this cool Soge.
0: I'll do anything for love, but I won't play Final Fantasy VII.
1: Yeah, well, yep. too bad you're going to. So. God damn it! I guess you will do anything for love, but not <laughs> butt <out>. stuff.
3: Yeah, <laughs> true. That's the, that's the limit.
0: I do anything for love, but not butt stuff. Didn't get to number one with that title, alas.
1: All right, Aww. it's time for the plug zone where plugs rule. Destiny, you're our special guest. You go first.
2: Well, thank you. I can be found on the podcast Badlandgirls dot com. Um, actually, the name of the podcast is Badland Girls. I don't know why I said our website as the name of our podcast. That's weird. Anyway, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're syndicated on com. we, uh, we have a Tumblr, we're at Badland Girls on Twitter, I am also at FridgeBuzz now on Twitter, all one word, cause Radiohead references from 1997, um, and, uh... I don't know. I, I guess I'll mention that uh, I'm also on the podcast Books for Crooks with Matt and Trash Speck That's Rico not a real We don't
1: talk about that podcast.
2: What?
0: You've talked what? about it every single time for the last four podcasts and then yeah. also said
1: we don't talk about it.
3: We're, we're
1: oh, did we? Did I really? Is this really yeah. a thing I've been doing? <laughs> yeah, I've been burying yes. <laughs> trash ratio every time.
3: No, 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 Why no, Why no, not? i not want Tragic Tragic Tragic
2: ratio.
0: about it. Books for Crooks is the one you've been burying.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I okay. I was talking about trash ratio. I was just gonna be kayfabe hateful on trashback.
0: Oh, okay, because no. well, it's my thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Sorry.
0: Got I, to just keep assume, it up. I, I just I just assumed keep you keep were it. going
1: to plug it anyway, though, Jackson.
0: No, I'm fine. We talked about movies. If, you, wanna, well, if you want us to talk good. about
1: movies, go to traspect Yeah, it's uh it's good. I actually really like that podcast. It's a good time. That's all Jackson's show. I don't. I just show up. I haven't listened to the he's... first
2: episode yet because I'm waiting for the feed or whatever. Like oh, my iTunes yeah.
0: feed. Yeah.
1: I did you submit that yet. it? No, no. I've, I've actually completely forgot.
0: I thought you did, but I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to be an asshole. It's not British. You, you can totally
1: ask <laughs> me. I forget things. I, I keep, I, I have a lot of plates spinning and I don't take notes, so.
0: I was like, I wanna say that he should put the thing on iTunes, but I'm just too from sorry right now. Aww. <laughs> That's adorable.
3: <laughs>
1: you um, can find
0: me on Twitter at Talia002 or not. Okay, done. That's my plug's over. Matt, must, you do your thing. You hinge, can find
1: uh, Abnormal Mapping at AbnormalMapping.com. Or iTunes or on uh YouTube or on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at LitRock, L-I-T-R-O-C-K. You can send us email at AbnormalMappingPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's all of the plugs, I think. Uh I, I do run a book club called Books for Crooks. Uh, Jackson runs a very good movie podcast called Trashback Ratio. Uh We're both on that. We're all three of us are on that. Yeah. If you want more of this, plus another, a plus one, plus a, a fourth one. wheel, if you would.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> a fourth wheel. Oh.
1: <laughs> a, a fourth Come wheel on. makes the car. Before that, <laughs> you just have a tricycle.
2: Good point. Thanks for making us a car. You turn Kyle. that around
1: real quick. You I'm, turn us. I I, I, am, I into- was an English major in another life. I can make a metaphor. <laughs> Maybe not well, but I can do it. <laughs> come back at the end of the month for talks about roller coaster tycoons. We will talk about two specifically, but we're going to play three.
0: Yep, all of them.
1: And then come back in a month for the Final Fantasy and whatever else we've been playing.
0: That's true.
1: I it'll probably have... be a lot of. It'll probably be another bucket of games because we do a bucket of games every time. Yeah,
3: bucket I'm of games. Try
2: not to talk about uh, Harvest Moon so much.
1: Oh, it's fine. I mean, we'll never uh, talk about it as a thing on our own. So I'm glad you bring the games.
2: I'll bring the games. Dig into my games bucket. Pull something out.
1: Yeah.
0: Gross.
2: <laughs> Why is it gross? <laughs> it's a clean bucket. I don't
1: know. Games bucket. I feel like. Putting games in a bucket implies that games are, like, liquid or slimy in some way.
0: Oh. Come get your games bucket from KFC.
1: You only put <laughs> you only put things that are, like, g- gross in a bucket, right?
2: Yeah. Chicken. Because uh, if they were
1: if they were neat and tidy, you'd put them in a box.
2: Yeah.
0: Point.
1: All my games are in a box.
2: <laughs> Taco Bell puts tacos in a box. Who cares about Taco Bell? <laughs> what are I- we doing? What, what is this now? What We're are, done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, be a good host. Shut this podcast down.
2: Okay,
0: I've pressed stop.